What's up, everybody? Welcome to the Story Worth Sharing podcast. I am one of your hosts, Chris Shepard, and I can already see the look on Amy's face. She wants to know how I'm going to introduce her today. And you know, I'm just going to say I have a pretty incredible co-host, Emmy Rodriguez. That was nice. Sometimes I feel bad because I don't say anything nice about you to start the podcast. <laughs> I just take it. But you do it so well, so I just feel like that's where we're Well, and, and you're one of the nicest people I've ever met in my life, um, so you don't need to that's, like say nice things to... Oh. <laughs> yeah, because you're just that's always so nice. Kind. Are you are you having a good day today, Amy? It's been a good day. So far, I feel pretty productive. Those are always good days. The day-to-day for, well, our time being, we're just starting our day, yeah. so... Um, but it's going to be a good day. I feel it. You know, when you I, I start like off it. productive, I feel like it just goes up, right? Yeah, Hopefully. it just gets things started, gets you in the mood. It's like, okay, we're going to get stuff done today. That's so. always the goal. I have a question. Okay. Okay, so have you seen, I know the last time we talked about a TV show or movie too, but have you seen The Chosen? Um, The Chosen. Do you know what that oh, is? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I know what you're talking Have about. You I haven't watched, watched it? it. I know what you're talking Chris, about. Yes. It is so good. Is it? And I feel like not enough people know about this. So, okay. So if you don't know this, this is a TV series that's based on the life of Jesus. Um, and it was created, directed, co-written by one guy named Dallas Jenkins. And what I think is really cool is it's apparently the first multi-season series. It's all about Jesus. Okay. And... Um, season one was the highest crowdfunded TV series or film pro- project of all time. Wow. Like, they have to like get funds from like donations. Right. Yeah. And that's amazing. No to me. studio wants to make right. a TV show. Exactly. About Jesus. And so I think yeah. that's really cool. Um, I can't imagine how hard that is, but it's so well put together. Really? And it's a show that I watch with my sister-in-law Kira and we literally will watch it. And they were like, it ends so fast. We're like, Oh my gosh, when's the next one? Luckily <laughs> season one, like when we watched it, it was completely finished. Okay. Season two just started. They aired the first episode on Easter. Um, and I think we've watched like the third episode. And so we're like clinging on waiting for episode four. Cause they're still like editing it, like in the process, like gotcha. they edit it, kick it out like pretty quick. Okay. So is this like on Netflix, Hulu? So I believe you can watch it on YouTube, but they okay. also have the chosen app. So that's what we watch it through. Ah. And you can like cast it to your TV, but it's so good. I think I cry and get emotional like every episode. Okay. Um, cause even in the episodes, like sometimes Jesus is only in there for like two minutes, but like, <laughs> it's so well written that you just like feel I don't know. It just makes you feel good and it kind of puts you in the scene and like helps you see and understand things better. And I, I just, I just love it. And so I'm a big fan. So if you haven't seen it, okay, I'll have to check that out. So this is, this is the second episode in a row. You know, last episode we had, we had Bailey White and you talked about a week away, I did, uh, which is a a Christian movie about a kid basically who has a choice between juvie and church camp. Church camp. And you said it was really good on Netflix. I got to tell you, like I have a pretty bad perception of Christian films and TV shows and they're normally pretty lame and no, I, agree. I, I, I love Jesus so I will but they're the, normally pretty lame I will say the A Week Away one is definitely cheesy and I think okay. I said that yeah but and uh, it the music geared, and it was the geared, soundtrack yeah, is what brings it together the soundtrack definitely is what got me and it was cool to watch it with like younger my nieces yeah this one is very much geared towards like a older, obviously older crowd sure. and like, I was surprised it was so good like I didn't think it'd be that good but it was okay Okay, so, well, I, I'm gonna, yeah, I'm gonna check my heart like and uh, I may have to pray about it a little I bit. I feel like but... you're a harder critic than me, though, so take what I say very lightly. <laughs> very lightly. No, no, well, obviously, the content is impeccable. Like, it doesn't get any yeah. better than the, the content of The Chosen. 
And I, yeah, I have seen it. I, I didn't realize it was crowdfunded. That's actually really awesome. I think that enough people are getting behind it to crowd crowdfund. Yeah, this. even like the first season, I think some of it. Well, this hit close to home for me was filmed in Weatherford, Texas. I was like, oh, oh wow. wow, that's insane. Because yeah. I would looking at the scene, I was like, that does not. I mean, maybe it does, but anyway, I just think like this. It's very simple. Yeah. Like, and for what they had, they've made it really good. Impressive. So I think that's what impressed me. Okay, I'm gonna check it out. I'm gonna check it out. And you know what? I actually want to get our guests today their their take <laughs> on this because I actually know that they have watched some Christian videos that are <laughs> not as well done as The Chosen on Netflix, but they have enjoyed them. So today's guest is Gabe Munoz. Gabe, how's it going? It's going. How are you guys? <laughs> <laughs> We're doing good. Okay, so before we jump in and like let you introduce yourself and stuff, I just want to go jump straight into this. First of all, have you seen Chosen? So I have not. I, I actually was on YouTube uh, mm-hmm. watching a couple of worship videos the other day and uh, I had to plug the Jesus right there, you know. Right, that's right. Uh, and, that was before uh, the like, yeah, cat before trick the videos. before yeah. the cat trick, uh, the, the <laughs> stupid videos. Uh, but um, I saw it's been popping yeah. up on YouTube as like ads, like out Easter. And Maybe that's the Holy Spirit and, trying to tell you something. Well, and yeah, I think it's a jab. But <laughs> I watched the trailer for it after I saw the advertisement. I searched the trailer for season one, even though season one was already done. Yeah, and this was like last week, and I watched season, or the trailer, and the trailer had. Me me in tears i was like yeah. dude what the heck this is okay yeah. and and i'm with wow. you most uh, christian cinematic films have they, way too many dramatic yeah. pauses they yeah. don't know how to <laughs> fill the space uh they they take the the drama i think to another level but um so normally i'm not a big fan of christian films uh but Give watching the trailer yeah watching the trailers it looked awesome so, well you know yeah. listeners you didn't realize that listening to Story We're Sharing podcast, you were also going to be given like suggestions and critiques on, you know, pop culture and yes. film and yeah. yeah, so here here you go. Yeah. And if you don't agree with these takes, <laughs> you can email Emmy at storyworthsharing.com. <laughs> Actually you Emmy. can't that, that doesn't exist. It, it doesn't exist. It won't go anywhere. Try it, but, but it yeah, won't exist. Let's let's see. Go ahead. Email it's gotta, Emmy. It's gotta go somewhere. Well yeah. <laughs> Someone has that email. Somewhere. It goes to Weatherford, Texas. Yeah, Weatherford, That's exactly Texas. where it goes. Okay, so Gabe, we already uh, introduced you just by name. Why don't you introduce yourself, maybe for people who are listening who have never met you before? Yeah. So my name's Gabe Munoz. I am a townie. I'm from College Station, yeah. Texas. Mm-hmm. Uh, born and raised diehard Aggie. Uh, I graduated class of 2018. Nice. You youngin'. Um, I am, well, technically. I'm I'm a youngin', but with the group I'm around, I feel old. That's true. That's I'm, fair. I'm 25, yeah. but I'm still around all these college-age students, and so... Uh, I've been feeling my age lately, but, um, yeah, I I was a educational psychology major, um, and I love working with kids. I work with the youth here at church, uh, with the youth ministry and and I love to serve when I can. Yeah, absolutely. I love it. We're walking through our staff basically in season two of this podcast and just uh, pulling different staff members in because we have some incredible people that work here at the church and we want to highlight those stories. So thanks for joining us. Let's just dive right in, okay? I I know I've I've had the pleasure of walking with you and being a part of some of your story, which has been really awesome. But I I just want to hear from your perspective, you know, when we think about our story, a lot of times in the moment we don't recognize that what's happening is impactful or that it has is going to be this 
pivotal moment for us. It's like, wow, everything changed. And maybe we don't recognize it when we're walking through it. And then certainly, sometimes we do. We're like, wow, I know I know that this is going to change who I am. But when you think back and you look at the last 25 years, you young at heart old man, um, <laughs> what, uh, what are some of those moments for you that have been those like life-shaping, direction-changing moments for you? Yeah. Um, well, it started at birth. And okay. I'm not about to take us on a 25-year-long journey. But, okay. Uh, Normally, I tell people, let's not yeah, start. Yeah, let's not at, start at birth. But no. with you, it's okay. Let's yeah, do it. Yeah, I let's do it. I actually have a purpose with starting at birth. I, so I, I was born three months early, uh, for those that don't know that. And that's significantly early. Uh, I don't know if you know how the birthing process works. We're not talking. That's, that's not, not what this podcast is about. No. No. Whoa. So you take it. No. No. Uh, okay. So right. normally it's nine months. Nine you months, were born at six months. Six. Yeah. We got and it. So anyways, uh, <laughs> big preemie. Um, and I have a twin brother. Yeah. Uh, his name is Michael. And so we were, love you, Michael. Uh, and so we were <laughs> born uh, three months early. I weighed one pound. Wow. My brother weighed two. Uh, and that's Man, tiny. That like, leech. That's, yeah. yeah, I was literally. Anytime I moved, they thought I was in uh, one of those leeches, just like inching along. <laughs> but um, anyways, oh because of that, because of that, uh, I mean, we were tiny. I, I I could fit in the palm of my dad's hand. Like we that's were, crazy. We were really really tiny, and so. Um, as you can probably imagine, we had a lot of uh, health defects with that. Um, I had heart surgery because my heart wasn't functioning properly. Some paths and wires were crossed. Who knows? I don't. You know, I was I was barely born. But um, anyway, so it was. They didn't sit you down and explain yeah, all this no, to you before you had surgery. You know, no. I have asked. So I have a scar on the side of my body, and I always re- would ask like my parents, thinking they would be able to explain the scientific <laughs> method to me that happened, and they don't. But mm-hmm. um, anyway, so it started there because uh, I was actually born with nine fingers and seven toes. And uh, I know both of you in this room know this, but yeah. a lot of the listeners maybe don't. And so uh, that was different because I was born uh, and I was blessed that it's not really ever affected my functionality as far as walking, mm-hmm. doing life things. Uh, I'm missing the middle finger on my right hand, which I guess that's the best finger to miss. <laughs> if we really out. think about it, yeah. like what purpose is the middle finger holding? It's not the ring finger, not the pointer, not the thumb or the mm-hmm. pinky. I mean, so, the ring finger, the middle finger definitely has a purpose. I mean, it's got a purpose. I'm just glad I don't have to. Yeah, to, yeah. no to, temptation. Yeah. On, well, on that, I don't, on that I don't hand. have to entertain that purpose. So, um, yeah, I was blessed to, be taken away by one temptation from that. There so, you go. anyways, <laughs> uh, you won't know that I'm missing fingers or toes really unless I tell you just because it does look pretty normal. Yeah. Um, sometimes people notice when I shake their hand, it's like, oh, there's a weird gap. And so it's just, <laughs> you know, having to deal with that. But, anyways, so that started the process of me truly realizing, like, oh, I'm different. I tell people all the time mm. in kindergarten was when I really broke down the first time because we made those hand turkeys. And my turkey was missing a feather because I was yeah. missing. And like, I would legit went home crying because I was like, why am I different from everyone? And uh, at the time, my brother laughed and thought it was funny. I thought it was funny now. I was not thinking yeah. it was funny then. But all I could see was that I'm different. And so uh, I got picked on a lot growing up for being different, uh, missing a finger. Uh, I got called four finger all the time. But I don't know how that's insulting because it's just <laughs> it's true it's just stating a fact <laughs> i was like yes you, you are correct thank you yes um anyways. technically it's nine fingers technically yeah. nine fi- yeah <laughs> I, I, sometimes i i do get irked when because the world operates with five fingered hands sure. yeah so man like every like high fives i have to change to high fours <laughs> uh take five like 
or uh, you know all those things with just and like gloves every time i wear a latex glove it just flaps and so uh dealing with that has always been like it really has been a challenge because having to explain it over and over yeah. does get tiring like oh what happened oh well you, i guess yeah you don't know so which is not a bad thing like i really don't mind sharing my story and i i love messing like people like i know chris you pick on me for it emmy it's, emmy will never pick on me for no. it even though i know I she like, wants what to is he gonna say? Deep, deep down nothing. deep down emmy really is a, a very pure soul and then i chris and <laughs> not I just, just deep down so and like, he's just on the service too yeah <laughs> Um, yeah, and so, but, but we Chris fun. deep down is not a pure well, soul, so he will no, pick no. on you. Chris, Chris, and I have fun with it. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, it's it's been a challenge to get over being different and um, having to explain that so many times. Looking different from my brother, who was born at the exact same. T- I was born a minute before him, and so. I'm sitting here thinking, oh yeah, like be- that whole minute was the reason that yeah. my- he shoved you yeah, out. Yeah, he, he said, shoved me first. out. Yeah, no, he <laughs> we 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 talk about it all the time. He kicked me out, and so, um, yeah, and so it, it's been that's been like a big challenge growing up and and trying to just adapt to being different. And that was also a cool moment and a cool thing that happened because I got to uh, be told just how we all are created differently, yeah. and created with purpose mm-hmm. and significance, and I had to be told that constantly when i was younger i think when i probably hit middle school was when i really started to accept being different and run with being different like it went from trying to hide being different and trying to act as if like being different is not okay to then like embracing my difference and and so i started making jokes middle school (laughs) like i started uh laughing uh, with people and the people closest to me will laugh with me about it. They will never laugh at me about it. And so sometimes they do, which is okay. But uh, Greg, <laughs> but anyways, <laughs> anyways, yeah. It's so it's been cool. Like middle school, high school, college, post-college. Like I've really embraced the difference that I have. And it, I do enjoy, which you both in this room know this, but I enjoy being different. I really do. Like it has caused me to just be, uh, I don't want to say prideful but i really do like enjoy the aspect of having something unique about me it's it's something that um i constantly get to talk to people about when it comes to being different and because a lot of people are Mm -hmm. different in different ways this is mine and so early on like that was the the first half that and really the pivotal moments in my life really started hitting in high school um after obviously after the the being different aspect yeah um in high school uh, specifically 2012, I was a sophomore. Uh, this was the first time that I really um, had something big happen in my life, I would say. And I grew up, just to set the scene, I grew up Catholic, um, but was it was one of those, like, your parents are going to make you go. Like, I, I st- truly took over my faith when I w- was in high school. Uh, and I started actually started coming to Brazos Fellowship my freshman year of high school. And so uh, it was cool to take on my faith then. I still wasn't 100%. I mean, I was a freshman in high school, so I wasn't still, <laughs> you know, as much as you can know about faith and, and taking it as your own, like I, I was trying to do. Uh, in 2012, my sophomore year, I actually, my family had a house fire. And um, our, the whole house was a complete loss. And that was the first time that I had experienced a true, like, tragedy, I guess, in my life. Like, something radical that has happened that just completely changes, like, a whole path that I took. And so I, I would like to think I was the emotional strength of a lot of our family. Like, my brother was 
always emotional, my mom emotional. And then my dad was going through a lot of health issues uh, in high school. And so when the house burned down, I had built up a lot of emotional, I don't even know how how to put that, but I, I, I had built up a lot of emotional resistance. Like I kept it in. I would try to be strong for everybody else. And when the house uh, caught on fire in 2012, I just like broke. I was, I was devastated. I thought like we're, we just lost everything as a high school sophomore. Like when you see your house in flames, like what else do you expect? And so I thought we had lost everything. My dad was really sick throughout my high school and he's a, he'll be a big part in a minute of my story. But uh, 2012 was a rough year because the house fire happened and that was that was already causing a lot of financial stress and uh materialistic stress like what are where are we going to live right. what are you know mm-hmm. what do we what am i going to wear to school tomorrow like everything was ruined and so on top of that fire stress the biggest piece of my story is i would have to say my father um my my dad uh, speci- you know i was going to say specifically my dad and my father <laughs> <laughs> uh, but my dad um did struggle a lot with some just health issues when i was in high school and he was diabetic and he was diabetic ever since birth and he eventually throughout high school went up and down but lost his uh, left leg to uh, infection that he got because he was diabetic he blood flow is not the best in diabetics and so um there was some blood flow that wasn't getting to his uh, leg and he ended up like hitting it on something and getting a scrape and then it was just a domino and eventually it got infected uh, and there was no saving it and he ended up getting his left leg amputated and that was a lot for a diabetic who also then right after getting that amputation lost his kidneys so there was a lot of stuff that my dad was going through in high school and that with the fire was just a lot to mentally handle like it was it was draining and and if the financial stress of the fire wasn't enough, the financial stress of all those bills and medical bills and hospital visits and surgeries, I mean, it was just a lot. And so I was trying to work as much as I could just to try and help. And so I went through high school. I'm going through high school. The biggest, my biggest wish in life was for my father to see me graduate. Like mm. It got to a point where I was questioning, like, how much longer was my dad going to be around? Just because when you when you're a high schooler and you see your dad in the hospital every other month and getting a surgery and something amputated and oh your kidneys are failing like it just seems like everything is shutting yeah, down it's just you know? piling yeah, up. yeah like what do you what what else do you think and so i got to the point where my junior and senior year i was just just praying to the lord like let my dad see me graduate just walk the stage like that was my only desire um was and and i sometimes feel bad saying that like like, but I, that was the realistic truth of what I, where my head was sure, at. Like, yeah. I, like, and that sounds dark and, you know, but like, I just wanted him to, to see me graduate at that point. Like that would have been a blessing. And so, um, luckily he did see me graduate That's and awesome. uh, I walked across that stage and he had his, his prosthetic leg just waving it in the air, like, <laughs> like pumped. It was awesome. That's uh, amazing. And, uh, so yeah, that was probably one of the, the best days of my life is him getting to see me graduate high school. That brings me to the last part of the last part of my dad's pivotal part is uh, in, I did end up staying in, in college station to go to Blinn. Um, I was going to go, I really had a big desire to go to a four year college and do the college experience, all that. But I also was just really, really afraid that my father was going to pass away and I not be here for my mom or um, be here for my brother. And so I did stay in town for that reason, mm-hmm. just because I didn't know how much longer he'd have. And I wanted to spend that time with him. 
Uh, my dad passed away my freshman year of college, and that was in uh, in 2015 is when he passed away. And uh, my dad was my person. Mm-hmm. I didn't even lead off by saying that, but he was my person. He was the guy I looked to for everything. He's the one that taught me to love unconditionally, love people for who they are, no matter what they do for you, what they give you, where they come from. Like he is a big reason that um, I strive. And I mean, outside of Jesus, like that, he is who taught, like he's the one who taught me how to love like Jesus in a lot of ways. And so um, when he passed away, I went spiraling. Um, It was the worst day of my life. I still to this day, it was the worst day of my life. And so um, that was in 2015. And I remember for the two weeks after that, like I didn't leave my room. Um, I, I wasn't eating, I wasn't sleeping. Like it was, I was devastated. And I remember not wanting to do anything, see anybody, talk to anybody. It, like it, it was, this was a moment where I was choosing to go down the dark path and like not open up, not see sunlight. Not, I mean, it was a very clear, like I am going down this road. Um, and I remember it was the end. Uh, it was like two weeks after my dad passed away. It was actually, Chris is one of them. It was Chris. Mm-hmm. And Greg, uh, these two guys basically showed up to my house, like knocked down my bedroom door and yep. dragged me out of my house yeah. and put me in a car and said, hey, you're going to Passion with us. And so going to Passion in 2015 with uh, Chris and Greg and another, you know, a group of the people that we went with, uh, I wasn't wanting to go. I did not plan to go. I was forced to go. And I'm, I'm glad I was because that mm-hmm. was, I think, the moment that uh, the Lord truly like gripped my life and 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 made me realize that people are temporary god is permanent and, yeah. and then that's yeah. something that i'll open up about more in a little bit but that that was a big pivotal moment was my father's death and and i was very much heading down a path of just uh, isolation darkness choosing not to live life to, for what it's for and and uh a, a big part of that was because of Greg and Chris pulling me out of that and, and making me go to passion. And so, um, all that to be said, like it's, it's been, it's been really challenging, uh, with that, those tragedies and and the, the difference that those have made, but it's also pushed me to find my passion in life. And it's the last pivotal moment that I'll talk about. And that's when I went to, um, I got to go to Egypt a couple summers ago. Yeah. um, And, and, and that was with Chris and two forty two and, um, you know, when Chris and Greg kind of pulled me out of that funk, I got more involved with the church. I started serving with the youth ministry. I started uh, getting more involved with the college ministry with 242. And I was wanting to work with kids before that point. Mm-hmm. Like I wanted to be a teacher. I was an education major, like I said. And my passion was kids, but just like that's all I had had my passion for just kids. Oh, teaching, obviously the clear pathway. I went to Egypt and I remember one night when they did this, uh, basically crosswalk where they basically pick up a a cross in Egypt and and the campers at the sports camp that we went to, we went and served at a sports camp in Cairo, Egypt, shout out Wadi. And, uh, (laughs) they did this crosswalk and I remember sitting in a field and just watching all of these kids, different cabins, each had a ginormous cross. And I don't know how much they weighed, but they were, I mean, they were not light. Like, these are ginormous wooden crosses. Yeah, just to be clear, yeah. this was not like uh, child abuse. It no. was an entire no. <laughs> an entire cabin together would be carrying one cross. Yeah. It was very, very yeah, heavy. For sure. Uh, but definitely no kids were being abused no, in yeah, the process. There were no kids harmed <laughs> in the making of that process. Uh, but uh, it was – I remember sitting in the field, and I just started weeping because I – it was just a powerful moment for me to watch these kids – 
doing what Jesus was doing, it, they weren't being forced to. Like they were all there because they truly, I think, wanted to be there. And it was so cool to just get to watch these kids do this. And the other cool part about that was that some of them didn't even know that they needed to be there. And they don't even realize the impact of Jesus yet, I think, in a lot of those moments. Like they don't realize yeah. why you doing this right now and seeing who Jesus was and is and what he did is so important. And it made me weep just to think that there are kids that don't know this truth everywhere. There are kids that don't know this and what it would do for their life. And it was cool getting to see this group of kids get that chance and opportunity, but also realizing and just thinking about how many kids don't get that chance. And so, man, that broke me. It made me weep. And ever since that point, I've been driven for youth ministry. Like that's been something I would just love to continue doing in any aspect, whether that's a youth director position somewhere one day, maybe that's a youth camp yeah. uh, somewhere one day. Um, but I just really, really am passionate for youth ministry and, and giving getting the chance to help youth find out who Jesus is and live life the way Jesus did. And so I'm going to say for as long as I've known you, I mean, and just if people see you today, you like you easily engage with people like that's just who you are because you generally you love that. And to hear you say in your story that there was a point where you didn't want to be around anyone. You didn't want to talk to people or just be around that. Um, And you talked about your dad, you talked about Greg and Chris. And so I'm just curious and I'm sure people are to like know who more about those people and other people that God has used to bring you out of that and to keep you where you are today. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, I mean, those two right there that you just mentioned, Greg and Chris are big, uh, big roles in my life. Uh, Greg is the youth director for those of you that don't know. And so, uh, Greg and Chris, both, uh, Greg takes on the, the youths and then Chris takes on the college, uh, and, um, they both have been just staples in my life as far as not only being okay with me being a butthead sometimes because there's times where I just I just I get selfish get Preach. in my own way and I have like I have like the uh, I started volunteering with the youth right after my dad passed away um, and that wouldn't have happened again without Chris and Greg pulling me uh, down and taking me to passion and so uh, when I started volunteering with youth. Uh, and I got a little more involved with 242 over the years, but there were seasons in both of those ministries where I got selfish and made excuses not to go, told lies of why I wasn't going. Like it got real. There was a season where I had forgotten why I was doing those things in the first place and, and who I was. And um, so both of them are big staples in my life just because they they did not just sit around and wait for me to get myself out of that funk. Like they they when I say they went and knock down my door like if there's i mean it was just about just as close to that i mean they were banging (laughs) on my door Uh, i tried to tell them to get out of my room like i was literally in my room and they like opened my bedroom door wouldn't leave said let's go like and this was the morning of like they're driving they are in the vans driving (laughs) out of town and my house is the last stop on the way i don't even know about it i think i was half asleep like it was i just they just Threw me in a van, which is yep. sounds creepy. We kind of we kind of kidnapped you. Yeah, basically, I'm glad but, you didn't report us to the for authorities the sake, for the sake of Jesus. Yeah, so, <laughs> for the sake of Jesus. Um, those two are big, big uh, influence in my life, especially after my dad's passing. 
in the last five, six years, uh, I've been continuing to, and I currently now work for Greg, and that's been awesome. I, I've really enjoyed working for the youth ministry, and then I've gotten to serve under Chris with 242 as one of his leaders um, all of this time as well. And so it's just been so cool to look up to both of them and see um, Jesus through people, because that's yeah. something that I got to see a lot of with my dad, and when he passed away, like that kind of not saying that Jesus isn't in a lot of people in my life, but like I clearly could yeah. just look at my father yeah. and say like he is living, he is yeah. loving like Jesus is. And um, when my dad passed away, it took me a while to like, it took a slap in the face and for me to realize like there are men in my life that are like my father and who are showing that. I just was being selfish and stubborn and not wanting to see anyone other than my dad mm-hmm. and so those two and then uh, there's only one there's really one other guy i wanted to mention his name is rhino and he's a guy that i worked with when i wasn't at the church i was working for uh the after school program here in college station called kids club and then they have a camp uh, in the summer called summer day camp and this is one of their directors and supervisors and man this guy he truly loves He's always smiling. He is another big, one of those men that I have clearly seen Jesus' love flow through. And um, we've had a long talks. We've talked about life. He, we've talked about my father. We've, I mean, he, he's always been there for me just to open up. And so when I, when I have been in any aspect of my life after my, my father, whether that's been at church or whether that's been at my work, I've had someone to just constantly look to, ask questions um, fall back on and if I start to fall they are there to pick me up and so those three guys have been crucial in my in my life just to continue showing me God's love in a human a man form that mm. I lost with my father um, and it's what I looked up to my father for so much and when I got to see that in those three guys it was it was life-changing and so I, I do look up to those three quite a bit so I think it's super cool how you have uh, mentioned different things in these moments and through these people. And, and I'm, I'm so humbled to get to walk with you and be a part of that story. Uh, but you, you've mentioned several lessons that you've learned along the way. And, and it's like this uh, recurring theme. It's like, I learned this lesson in this moment. And then I walk through the season where I forget the truth of this. And then God brings a person into my life or a different mm-hmm. situation that reminds me of these truths. What w- what would you say are some of those things for you that um, are just, man, they're on repeat in your life and some things that God has been teaching you about, you know, you've talked a lot about like how to love like Jesus and, mm-hmm. and to recognize the uniqueness and individu- individuality of people and embrace that, right? Like yeah. you had to embrace that in yourself and have had the opportunity to demonstrate that in relationships with other people, but what are some of those um, lessons that just seem to be on repeat in your life? Yeah. um, I think one of the biggest lessons in what we had kind of just talked about in itself is Mm -hmm. that um, people are temporary and man, like I really hadn't seen like a loss in my life until my father. And because he was my father and he was there all the time, like I had never experienced a season where I did not have someone that I like that was my like these are my people kind yeah of, like he was my person and so the first thing I'd say is is when it, it took me a while to grasp that people are temporary and I was trying to figure out like why do I keep slipping when why do I keep going back into seasons of 
of doubt and darkness and what made me forget what Jesus has done. And then I realized it was because I'm not putting that faith in Jesus. I'm mm. putting that faith in people. That's and, good. And, and so when people would leave, I mean, there's times where Chris hasn't always been there. Greg hasn't always been there. And that's definitely, they're not the reasons for my darkness. The reasons for my darkness has been my mindset and my faith, not their presence. And because people will not always be there, the Lord will be. And so that's been something that I have really um, just, especially once my dad passed away, like got slapped in the face with of like, I love, and I love people. Like y'all know, I I really enjoy people. Mm -hmm. Um, I have also seen the brokenness of people more and more. And the world is is showing us more and more of that brokenness, um, obviously, but it just, it continues to remind me that that darkness will be there always it's a matter of whether i choose to take that path based on what my faith and what my strength is in and is if that's in people then darkness is coming for who knows how long uh even when i walk now i I will state this even if i put that faith in jesus he still promises darkness will come sure at times but it it will not be the darkness that people have it it will definitely not be as dark and there will be a light at the end of the jesus tunnel (laughs) sometimes there's not a light that we can see at the end of a people tunnel. that's true And, and so when you walk down that people tunnel man like that's how you get into that depressed state that's how you get into that state where you're just like everything is is done like i am like everything is crumbling there is no hope there is no faith and that's a lot of times like for me i had to realize that's because i'm in a people tunnel right now and there is not that light Mm. at the end that slapped me hard um and so well and i think there's truth like on both sides of that the idea that people are temporary like in your dad's case like that was literally a physical representation Mm -hmm. of that right but even you mentioned me and greg like the fact that people are humans mean that people are going to fail us yeah. and so their their impact in our life or their presence in our life may also be temporary even mm-hmm. if it isn't a passing away yeah. it's just a, maybe a seasonal thing mm-hmm. like people come and go etc yeah. and so recognizing like they may be really great people but they're still people yeah right. and so that can't be your ultimate source of hope and joy and fulfillment etc yeah 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 and and that's that it hit when obviously like I got hit with that truth when my dad passed away. Yeah. You know, like you say, like I got the actual like, right here, like hey, he's not coming back. Hug. Yeah, like, he is not coming back, and like that that was like it. Like I said, it was the worst day. Um, it also has hurt. I won't say I, I won't sit here and say it's hurt just as bad to for people not to be there and they're still here. Like they could come back. But it still hurts. Like, Absolutely, it, it very sure. much. I mean, sure. you look at breakups. Like that person didn't die. They're just, you know, yeah. you know, like. But right. sometimes the like breakups, which I don't know if I'm, I'm sure y'all are aware, but breakups are sometimes felt worse for some people than death. Like mm-hmm. some people just, and that's that comes with that dependency of putting yeah. it on right. people. And and I think when I lost my father, knew he wasn't coming back, and I truly believe I had a lot of dependency in my father. Mm-hmm. It just was a, I mean, it was, that's what I think why it hit me so hard is because I not only looked to him for that dependency, but I also knew he was not coming back yeah. and, and it just, it wrecked me. Um, but yeah. And so when I, when I'm looking at those tunnels, I'm just, I'm continuing to realize like, I got to keep putting you going through that Jesus tunnel and not the people tunnel. Yeah. The only other, the other thing I'll, I'll mention and something I've been challenged with more in the last year um, and I talk about loving with an agenda a lot. Um, that's something that I mention um, to people a lot of loving with our agenda versus loving with the Lord's agenda. Um, and I think 
basically, and just to clarify what that means, when we love, like, what's the reason behind our love? Is it for our own, like, self-gain of something, or is it yeah. to just glorify the Lord? And and so I, I constantly, like, this is a people problem that we love with our agenda, not the Lord's. And um, I think the biggest um, catalyst to that has been, to me, I've come to find it as knowledge. And and that is having knowledge, but also the lack of knowledge. When we know something, it changes what we think about somebody. It changes mm. how we view someone. It changes how we think about someone. But the same is true for the lack of knowledge. Like if you're sitting there and you don't know who they are, then you're prejudging, and yeah. we're, we're still doing Making the exact assumptions. Yeah. And, and I've come to realize, like, we plant a lot of seeds that you know produce all different kinds of fruit, both good and bad. Knowledge is a seed that I think. The fruit is very dangerous because it, it knowledge can lead to very, very bad fruit. It can also lead to very, very good fruit. I mean, you look at Jesus calls us to love, you know, like him. Jesus at the Last Supper knew exactly what was happening the next day, and he knew who was going to betray him. He had all the knowledge, and he still called Judas friend. Like, yeah. he still called him my friend, wash yeah, the feet. Rich. And, man, like that, that has really slapped me in the face the last couple of months. And really the last year is just... We we strive to know so much, but yet knowing things or the lack of is what gets in the way of loving without mm-hmm. like with our own agenda. Like that's what drives at least for me, that is what has driven my agenda and my personal and selfish views and ways is knowledge. Like knowing something about somebody or not knowing something and, and I just take that and run with it. And man, like if, if I knew what Jesus knew I I know I would not have loved the way he did that. Yeah. Right. Like I, there's no way. And so, but that's what we, stri- that's what we're called to strive for. We're called yeah. to strive for loving relentlessly without end with no agenda attached. And that includes without knowledge being and the most knowledgeable thing we can know is what Jesus has done. Like that, mm-hmm. that is the most important knowledge we will ever know. And, not saying, just to clarify, I'm not saying knowledge is a bad thing, but what we do with as humans with knowledge, we we tend to flip it on its head and use it for negative, and, and we bear end up bearing a lot of bad fruit yeah. because of knowledge. And um, that's something that I'm working through, and that's something I'm trying to do better with is not letting knowledge dictate my agenda of love and, and not letting that agenda be my own but the Lord's. Like, I want to love with his agenda in mind, not my own. And that's my good. own is driven by knowledge. Yeah, mm-hmm. that's good. So you're sharing things you've learned and you've shared a lot of the experiences that have brought you through that. And I think hopefully when you learn something, there's always like an action step that you're supposed to kind of put into place. And so what are some of those disciplines that you have begun doing and maybe you're still trying to work towards doing that are helping you continue to grow? Yeah. Um, there, so our world has been driven by technology. Yeah. Like it is very much in the driver's seat right now. And uh, I've just come to realize like when I'm on my phone, I am. And so like any social media app, I'm looking like that is driving. Like that's the feed, like it's feeding knowledge. Like, mm-hmm. uh, oh, I'm learning things about people. Oh, like why did they post that? Like I just start to get, I'm an overthinker. I think way too Me much too. about every little thing. And so when I'm on, I, I've just started to realize like technology is breeding comparison. Mm. It's bre- like, it, it truly does breed 
not like the bad fruit of knowledge yeah. in my opinion comes a lot from technology social media even texting i hate texting just Ugh. by the way like no i agree like I you agree. Know, and, and i never i did not used to hate texting but over the last year year and a half Texting has become the most toxic form of communication for me because to me sending a text like I am not sending that with a certain tone like but people will you know you send one text Mm -hmm. and to five people and I promise like there's going to be five different interpretations of hey hey, with a period one person's going to think you're you hate them and (laughs) they kill you killed somebody like and and it just it is driving me nuts so something I've started to try and do is every mealtime I will put my phone away. Like every like if I'm eating food, I really don't want to look at my phone. I don't want to touch my phone. And whoever I'm eating with, I want I not I'm not gonna try and tell people what to do, but I would love for the people I'm eating with to do the same so that we can be present in that moment. I love that because we we don't have a lot of authentic communication nowadays. Mm. Like we really don't. Like outside of when we force it and when we like you know, it's like we have to put it. I mean, me and Emmy got coffee the other day, and she sent me a ca- Google Calendar link to like schedule it. And I sat back and said, you know what, though, like, and that's nothing. Like, Emmy, you got to so no, 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 no. So <laughs> Emmy is so busy. Like, I know she's got to to make sure that, and like, she'll remember it, and I get that. But I've come to realize, like, there, that's what it's come to for yeah. a lot of people. Like, if we don't pencil that in. And, and put that into our calendar, we won't do it. Mm. And so, like, I told myself, I, me, every mealtime, I'm going to put my phone either face down or leave it wherever I want to leave it. And once I'm done eating, I could go back to it. Yeah. Um, and, and so, and I, I've gotten rid of a lot of social media also, just because I know that I have looked to those things for knowledge and mm. knowledge has not been my best friend. And so, yeah. um, but I would say the biggest one that I have seen been the most fruitful lately is the practice of like putting away that technology at my meal times like and, I, and that is a fresh practice like i have just started that i'm talking over the last maybe month i was gonna ask um, if you had ever done like a social media fast or anything because i feel like that's a big step too yeah i've never fully taken that i've done like a couple of days yeah i i've i've uh it was last year i did it for a month uh wow. and and it was honestly it was one of the best months of the year last year That's for me. Awesome. Like it, because I did have more time to be intentional with, and this is something I'm trying to get better at. And Chris, Chris does this a lot reading. <laughs> like I need to read more. Yeah. Um, but we will, we will choose our phone over a book. And so, um, I'm just, I'm trying to not let technology take over. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I would say that's been my, the most recent and honestly the most fruitful practice I've gotten to do. Like I really enjoy meal times a lot more right now because i know okay i get to put my phone down and that's sad because yeah. i should be able to just put my phone down whenever but at the same time our society is not working that right. way right now and so i'd i'd be scared that i miss something important and so that's what it is it's the, i'm gonna miss something mm-hmm. fomo yeah fomo dude that's that's awesome and i love that you are recognizing these things about yourself and then taking like active steps yeah. towards it and it all of these things really mirror, mirror together because the the thread that you've pulled throughout all of this is people, right? Yeah. And it, you're a people person. You're all about people. Recognizing people's individuality and embracing that and loving them for that. But then recognizing, like, I need to be present with people. Yeah. I need to actually give them my attention and my focus to be able to engage with them. And so when you put all of these things together, how, like, what uh, what's your... 
strategy or your um, model for living all of this out? Uh, like, what would you want to be said of you as you engage with people, as you love the people around you? Like, what 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 do you want all of this, the culmination of all this to come together and be like, this is who Gabe is? Yeah, I mean, one of the biggest things I hope anybody would say is that his love comes not from his own agenda. Like, that's, that's for starters. Like, I, I don't want my love to seem like it's coming with something attached to it for my sake. Um, because I, I, I know that I am selfish a lot at times with that and I'm selfish a lot with why I choose to love people for certain reasons. And so that would be the first thing is, is, is my love coming with my own agenda attached or is it the Lord's agenda attached? And, um, that's not easy. (laughs) That's, that is one of the hardest things that I don't get right. A lot of times that I'm trying my best to. Um, but I would say the, the loving without my own agenda would be the biggest. That's awesome. The biggest thing is, is not my agenda, but the Lord's and, and how I do that. I don't have the formula yet. I don't know (laughs) if there is one, uh, and I won't ever get to where I want to be, but I'm going to, I'm going to try and get there. At some yeah. Well, you, you okay. exemplify that so well. And mm-hmm. Emmy said it earlier, like you just, you make people feel comfortable and welcome. You, you seek out and engage with people. Maybe that others would overlook, not necessarily, Oh, like I don't want to engage with that person. I'm going to intentionally ignore them, but like maybe they just go unseen and, and you do a really good job of seeing people that would go unseen. And I think that speaks to that heart of like, I don't have an agenda in this. I just, I want everyone to feel seen. I want everyone yeah. to know that they have a place they can belong, a place where they are known. And so, man, I, I, uh, I love your heart. I love how your heart is on display in everything that you do in all of your areas of ministry and relationships that you have in your life. And, uh, thankful to get to walk shoulder and shoulder with you. And a lot of that's from you, Chris. Uh, mm-hmm. Hey, like you've had a big part in that. So, well, showing you what not to do. <laughs> no, and <how> love people. <laughs> no. <laughs> oh man. Well, man, thank you so much for sharing your story with us. Um, you know, we say this a lot, and I mean, it's the literally, it's the name of the podcast that everybody has a story worth sharing. Because, man, when we will get to this place where we'll open up and we'll be vulnerable and we'll share part of who we are. I guarantee there are going to be people that listen to this that think they know you Mm -hmm. and they're going to hear something and be like, I didn't know that. I had no idea. And so I I think that when we open up and you're open, like you share your story, but when we open up and share our story, man, people just are able to engage in different ways and it's giving them the right kind of knowledge, right? It's, it's not this like filtered thing or this curated thing. It's just like, this is just who I am. And so our heart is really to encourage everyone to just open up, share Mm -hmm. your story, let people in and let people know what's going on. And so, but before, before we let you go, we have one (laughs) more segment. Okay. We felt like, you know, we're bringing all of our friends on, our staff on to, I say our staff, it's not my staff, but the church staff. <laughs> we're really bringing, authority there. Uh, yeah, the church staff onto the Somebody podcast. And so <laughs> we we can't let y'all go without, you know, having a little bit of fun with you. Okay. Um, and so we're going to do just, it's, it's pretty simple. It's just a little this or that. Okay. okay. And so Emmy is going to just read two options and you're going to pick one or the other. Okay. And... Probably will receive some ridicule yeah, for some no, of that, your decisions. You know what? Not for me. It's I'm nothing kidding. new. <laughs> nothing new. But it comes from a place of love. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> okay. So just, just I hope that whatever knowledge you gain from this segment, you love me regardless. <laughs> there we go. Oh, I, yeah. Absolutely. Absolutely. No agenda. <laughs> no easy. agenda in my love okay, for Gabe. Okay. okay. So here we go. Emmy, you ready? Yep, I'm ready. Take it away. Number one. I'm scared. 
Sorry. <laughs> haven't started. I know. Okay. Dogs or cats? Dogs. How many do you have? I have a okay. I have one of each right now, and it's why I. What, you have wait, a cat. So you're picking your dog over your cat? Absolutely. Yes, please. Rue you is, have a cat. Rue is my I didn't baby. know you had a cat. Okay, I got this cat in October. Greg actually found this cat in his tractor. Like it was like a little kitten. Okay. He found it in his cat. And like it was like tiny. Like I'm talking like it was maybe born like a couple weeks before we found him. And so uh he had no place to go. And Greg didn't want him. It was so cute. Yeah, Greg didn't want him. It was so cute. And I was like You know maybe this is where into I, cats, right? Well, yes. And so I was like, maybe this is my moment that I give cats a shot because <laughs> I have never, ever given cats no. a fair fighting chance. Uh and my mother hates cats because we had four when I was younger, and they tore up her new, like, $2,000 couch that oh, she had just, like... Yeah. So, anyways, I would never yeah. seen the light of day of a cat until this moment, and I was like, you know what? I'm going to try it. Uh, I Do you regret that I decision? I don't know if I'd say I regret it. Uh, it is not giving nearly... It's not getting nearly as much love and affection as my dog is. <laughs> That's uh, fair. And it meows so much. But uh, I would say dog okay, all day. Dogs. Okay, easy enough. Netflix or YouTube? YouTube. Interesting. Okay. Yeah. YouTube just has, I think, more of a, it gives more people a chance to voice what they want. There you go. I like that. A phone call or a text? Phone call all day. Yeah, knew where that one was going. I know. That makes sense. See, I'm exactly the opposite. I understand what you said about text earlier and like absolutely people read into it and whatever else, but I hate talking on the phone. Now, if you ask me FaceTime or text, I I would probably say FaceTime. I love FaceTime. So what's the the difference? If I can see you and like I'm engaging and I feel like, uh, and maybe this is because of my sister growing up, um, shout out sister that probably won't listen to this. Um, I, she, whenever we would talk on the phone, she would be doing 57 other things or she would be with other people and she'd be carrying on a conversation and we're like supposed to be talking on the phone about something. Mm-hmm. It was, it was literally like I called her to ask her a question or whatever and, yeah. and she She's wouldn't not. connect. And so it's not just, it wasn't just her, yeah. but that stuff drives me crazy. And I feel like it's easier to be on a phone call and be distracted and not be actually engaging in conversation. And FaceTime, though, I'm like, I'm looking at you. It's yeah, almost see, like we're yeah. sitting across from each yeah. other. So I know I'm engaging. I yeah. know I have your attention. I know you're actually like a part of this conversation. And then text is like, if I'm just asking you a question or whatever, and I don't need an immediate thing, I would rather text you. Yeah. Because it's like, when you have time, yeah. get back with me about this. And so I would, that's why I would prefer text yeah. over phone call. No, I prefer FaceTime over phone call. Yeah. Because I do yeah. like, facial expression says a lot. Context yeah. matters. Context for sure. does matter. Yeah. I agree. So, yeah. Toast or eggs? Eggs. How do you like them cooked? I will eat them in any aspect. Like, I love them scrambled. I, if it's in a taco, scrambled. Uh, if it's can you put was, eggs in a taco any other way? You well, could, but I don't think yeah, it'd I mean, be right. you could. You could. Uh, how? If you if you over you've never had an over easy taco. No, it's pretty good. No hey, one has had an where? over easy taco. I, I make it. I make it. Okay, oh, like, like I don't the, order it from from no. the kitchen of. Yeah. Like no, games. I make it. Uh, but if now if I have toast, I'm not making scrambled eggs. If I have toast, I'm making an over easy like egg. avocado toast. Whatever toast <laughs> your heart desires, I mean. <laughs> I've never had avocado toast, so I really can't. Really? Yeah. That's disappointing. I, it's very trendy right I'm, now. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> We're into the trends. Yeah. Okay, cake or pie? Mm, um, <laughs> I'm a sweets guy, so oh, I'm definitely going to have to say 
Now, is it, when you say cake, is this any form of cake or like the l- old cake like- or pie? <laughs> pie. What kind of pie? Pecan pie. Yes. Oh, I was gonna say Chris will be on board. Yes. With pie. Pecan pie is hands down the best. Yes. All right. Sorry. A big party or a small gathering? Small gathering. Yeah. I, I, I just I love people, but <laughs> yeah, no, I agree. I love intentional people, not people to fill a space. Oh, now we so. know. Work hard or play hard. I was gonna say both, but I can't <laughs> say both. I guess this um, or that. <laughs> so I'd say I'd say difficult. work hard because that would lead to playing hard. So work hard. Can't work hard. I'm Pop saying out. work hard. <laughs> work hard. He did what I would have done. Um, laundry or dishes. Dishes. Interesting. Mm-hmm. A hamburger or a taco? Taco. Good answer. A passenger or a driver? Driver. Interesting. <laughs> okay, here's the hot topic. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Toilet paper, over or under? <laughs> <laughs> over. Yes. Over. That's so interesting to me. I'm Listen. completely honest. I don't think about it. But when I look at it, I'm like, it does look better over. But okay. when I put I it think on, about it when I half the roll's on the okay. ground. Okay, but so actually you want under, not over. If half the roll's on the ground. So our our dog loves toilet paper. I prefer it to be over because it just makes more sense. But <laughs> when the dog goes up and paws and it's over, then they're able to unroll it. If you put it under and they paw, it just flips over on itself and they can't unroll it. I, I'll be honest. I, my dog has never touched I my just, toilet paper. Oh gosh, Poppy will unroll Poppy. Half, half a roll, roll of toilet paper and so then funny. eat it. That oh my god, yeah, that <laughs> would make me second guess my yeah. rolls of toilet paper. All right, pancake or waffle? Waffles. Yes, it holds the syrup. I agree. Yes, also like a crun- good like crunchy. Yeah, yes, you know, absolutely. A little, a little crunchy. Oh. Winter or summer? Hmm. Uh, <laughs> I'm gonna have to go summer. Okay. And, oh, ninjas or pirates? Pirates. Why? Because Pirates mm. of the Caribbean might be one of the best You're right. Honestly, creations. so good. Uh, Captain Jack so is all good. I needed to. Yeah. yeah. Pirates. Okay. You're right. And they just have a swag. Like, yeah, but. Ninjas are I mean, sneaky, in, so you don't see them. Pirates are like, nah, you seeing us coming. Didn't you like, ever watch Three Ninjas? Such no. a great cinematic movie. I never <laughs> watched it. <laughs> I, it's like, I was like, I think. It is like a real a, movie. It's like a Disney movie. It's these three kids, three and they're like, Grandpa was a ninja or something. And anyway. I've Dang, never seen. I, see, I just don't like that they have to be all stealthy and see. Secretive, like pirates do not care. Like they're just rolling up with whatever they got and saying, "You're that's either, fair. I love yeah. that. We're right. either beating you or we're sinking." Like that. <laughs> there you go. Like that's this or that. It's this or that. <laughs> I'm like, go. all right. Like okay, it. last one. Okay, me or Chris. I know this is not a thing. Um, oh. No, it was. I put it on there. <laughs> he did. I actually I wrote like, it on oh the end. Gosh. And and oh. actually, the question was Chris or Emmy. It wasn't Emmy or Chris. I know. I switched it. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I'm gonna. I'm if gonna, you want to be invited back, be, you have to, to answer. To be real though, it was hard for me to say my own name. Like I feel that's weird to be like Chris or Emmy. Like I don't say my own name. That's weird. <laughs> um, uh, Emmy, I love you, but I would have to say Chris. Right Ooh, now. 
Oh, and that's, fine. And that's just hey, because of what Chris. Honestly, wise decision though, because I won't give you heat for he it. Does have, you would have held it against you. He does you. have the power and authority. I to, would not to have held it against you. I just never would have published this podcast. I would have heard about it a month yeah, from now in keep, some form. Yeah, see, I, yeah. I wouldn't have held it against you. I just on. wouldn't have published this podcast, so see, no one would ever know that you said Emmy. Here's the thing: I know Emmy's when I walk out of this room is still gonna love me. It's true. It would have taken a day. And then wow. <laughs> and with that, thank you all so much for joining us for the Story We're Sharing podcast. Uh, Gabe may or may not be invited back. Probably not. Probably not. That's, that's okay. Probably not. No, thank you for being with us. Thank you. Thanks for sharing your story. Emmy, as always, what a wonderful co-host. It's been so much fun. Let's keep yeah, doing it. Let's do it. Okay, that's it for this episode. Make sure you come back to find out who the next staff member is for the Story We're Sharing podcast season two. See ya. Later. Later.